Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another and the fifth episode of True Way Gaming. I'm your host, One Way Soldier, or you can call me Carl. And in this year, with the next generation of consoles on the horizon, this November of 2020, you have Sony announcing a PlayStation 5 standard edition and releasing alongside of it an all digital edition. Same thing with Microsoft, they're announcing the Xbox Series X, which will have a disk drive in it and the Xbox Series S. Not only that it will be all digital, but a much smaller version of that console. And there have been plenty of talks, not only about which console to start out with this next generation, but also what edition. I've been hearing a lot of people, speaking with a lot of people, friends, family, and also just on the internet. You have people that they prefer a digital media where they could just come home, turn on the system, play a game without getting up, and change the disk drive, and enjoy the gaming session. And then you also have those collectors. I have plenty of collectors out there that prefer a physical medium in their hand. There's a lot of points on both sides. Segwaying into the topic of this episode, I decided to do an episode of listing the pros and cons of digital and physical games. Now, this episode is not meant to be like, oh, one is better than the other. What this episode is meant to be is to explain objectively details of both sides. And hopefully, this episode will help you or your friends and, and family you could share this with them and hopefully they will listen to this podcast episode <laughs> will help them make a decision of which console to go for this coming november also as a little disclaimer too i'm going to explain pros and cons of both sides i'm going to be completely neutral at the end of this episode i will say which one i will go for but yeah i just hope this was informative and this is not to be like oh you know digital physical rule you know <laughs> again this episode is meant to be strictly informative so let's get to it. And so how I'm going to break this down is I'm going to start on the digital, the digital pros and cons. And then after I explain the pros and cons of the digital, then I will get into the physical pros and cons. So I'm starting with a list of pros of digital downloads of games. So the number one pro is you can pre-download games and then play them at midnight, which is a huge benefit. You see, I remember years ago, one thing that really is memorable to me when Halo Reach and also the midnight launch of Halo 4. I remember, I do believe both those nights I had school, but I asked my father, Dad, there's going to be a midnight release. This is, of course, this is when I was younger. Dad, is going to be a midnight release for these games. Can we go at midnight? And I remember we did. I remember I had a blast. Like getting there at 11, waiting for a whole hour with other big fans of the franchise, especially five minutes left on the clock, seeing a GameStop employee come out with that clock and counting down. And all of us is like, yeah, down to the last 10 seconds, 10, 9, like it was New Year's or something. <laughs> I will never forget. But part of the negative one, obviously, you know, my dad had a, had work the next day. <laughs> so that's something as, when I was a kid, I never took consideration. I was just all about like, dad, just take me here. Well, my father, he had work the next day and also other people just people that were there adults grown adults that had jobs you know they had work the next day so they had to save money for gas and or they they came from far they to GameStop closest GameStop with them was like 30 minutes or an hour away and then they had to drive back home and in the morning they would have before they go to work they had to wake up a little extra early so they could stop and get gas and then be on their way so a benefit today's current generation and also moving forward you do have digital games being released at midnight so nobody has to go anywhere and especially if you live in a shady area as well I remember, I can't remember when, but I remember there was, uh, I'm not sure if it was Call of Duty at one time. I forgot a couple of years ago, uh, somewhere in New York, there was people waiting on parking lots that, that purchased a new Call of Duty game. They would get jumped in the subways. They would get on their way to the cars and scary time. So in other words, digital media, I felt like has really helped out with that because people, again, have day one access on midnight to not only, you know, get the game at midnight, but also preload it a day before or even way before then. So as soon as midnight hits, bam, they could just launch the game and just get right in. Now, pro number two, you can preserve the life of your physical games 
by playing them digitally. And this is where it goes also on the collector side of things. The collector side, one thing that we see right now, a lot of collectors, what they do is that they will mod the original Xbox, mod the PlayStation 2, and also Nintendo GameCube now. There's there's recently a mod uh, for Nintendo GameCube where uh, you could back up your games and play them digitally. It'll preserve the life of your game. It'll protect your game from wear and tear. You know, that's a really big benefit, especially original uh, Xbox. And also there is modded Xbox 360s out there too where you could do the same thing because those are DVD. You know, DVDs have, I mean, depending on how you take care of them, obviously it's a case-by-case basis, but... You know, depending on the owner, DVDs, how they're made, do have a shorter lifespan. One thing that, you know, objectively was going to happen is that eventually DVD will experience disc rot. And usually that experiences happen uh, humid areas. For example, Florida. Uh, that happens a lot in Florida. Blu-rays, they do, they did improve the quality of life of those. Like Blu-rays has a protective layer for the data, the way that they're built as well. is meant to last for, you know, a lifetime. And depending on how you take care of the DVD game, games or DVDs like Xbox 360, uh, PlayStation 2, original Xbox, GameCube, you know, depending, you make sure that the discs are in the case. When you put your game case in a shelf, make sure that they're standing uh, vertically, not horizontally. You treat them like records, so to speak. Again, because I remember, this reminds my experience once too, when I, I used to work at a, a video game store, I remember that I used to have customers come in and trade a game. And when they trade in the game, and I remember, all right, I want to trade in these games. Uh, it's a mother where kids or um, or father, etc. I'll open the case and man, I'll look at the back of the disc and how much deep scratches is on that disc. And I'll ask them, uh, did you by any chance like leave this game like on the rug or something out of his case? Or they're like, yep, yeah, my sons do that. <laughs> you know, so in other words, without rambling on too much, with digital games, you never have to worry about that. Digital games, you can just, as long as you have the console, the game is sitting there, and as long as you have the memory as well, you could play the game as much as you, your heart's content, and you never have to worry about wear and tear. And that leads me to the third point. The third point that I want to express, a pro, is that you could gift to your friends and family instantly on Steam, on Xbox One. I do, I, I actually. As of this recording, I do believe Sony does not have that feature on the PlayStation 4. But what you can do is like buy a game digitally on Amazon or something, uh, Amazon, GameStop, and you get the digital code, and then you just send, you know, friend or family that code, and then they could download onto their console. Uh, and also, just an example for me, like my birthday, great friend, I'm gonna call him Webhead, <laughs> my friend Webhead. Uh, he, you know, and I live in another state. On Xbox, he gifted me. A game, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. I was really hyped about that game. Give it to me. I remember I just turned on the Xbox and bam, I was just sitting there. Oh, you know, Webhead has gifted you this game. And uh, Webhead, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much, brother. God bless you. <laughs> but that's also another benefit that really digitally was never thought about, you know, seven years ago. Back on the 360 and PS3, I mean, you did have a digital media release, you know, on the 360 and PS3, you know, uh, late in that console generation. But the, the option to gift did not have happen until a couple of years later on steam i think steam was the first one to really try that out to pioneer that and then it came moving forward late again to xbox it came later in the generation actually a couple of years ago they they did that and it's a really blessed it's, it's a big blessing to, to have to gift a friend uh, a game of digital copy so you don't have to worry about going to ups store have wrap the game up and hopefully it gets to your friend's house make sure hopefully it doesn't get lost or doesn't get beat up along the way if you want to gift a friend or a family member a game you can easily do that in the digital storefront which is really huge now that i think about it i didn't even think about it amazing that is <laughs> until the recording of this podcast episode now moving on to the fourth pro is i mean i kind of mentioned it briefly but with digital games you don't have to get up 
I literally, I think, honestly, this is the number one reason why <laughs> people that I speak to, uh, friends, family, or even just some buddies online, I always hear that they prefer, uh, a number one reason, a big reason why they prefer digital over physical is not really the reasons why, reasons I, I just mentioned a few moments ago, but they don't want to get up, take out the disc, put in another game, and sit back down on the couch. They want to just switch back and forth while being on the couch, especially, and which is understandable, you know, especially after a long day of work, you just want to come home and just enjoy your gaming session, and I mean, even though, well, I'll say like 10 seconds just to get up, take a game, put it in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny, but to me, this this based on what you know, how many people I've spoken to, which is a lot of people, this is primary the reason why people go digital is because of this reason right here, and also which I will lead to my six pro and last pro for the digital storefront is that two family members can share a digital library or friends. But I have first, uh, I know friends personally, they have two different Xboxes. They were buying physical games together. But the thing is, games, I mean, games, I think in general, $60 is a lot of money. But when a new game comes out, they buy a single copy, it was $60. Then one will play and the other one will have to want to play while the other one is playing so they will make arranges okay you can play that game for two hours and then after two hours then you give me the disc and then i'll play on my xbox so a perfect solution that they came up with is that they have purchased decided about every game that they want to play they talk to each other and um they, they will go like listen okay this new game is called coming out uh for example call of duty we'll buy it we're gonna chip in this game together i pay half you pay the other half and we'll buy it digitally so that way they both well the price of one they both get digital copies you know what xbox Xbox One, you're able to home another person's Xbox. Person that is home to that console, everyone else that's on that console gets to share the benefits of the person that's home to it. And you could do the same thing on PS4 as well. Uh, I have uh, friends, they that's how they do it. They're brothers. And they, that's how they share their entire digital library with each other on the PS4. It's by that. Sony has their own thing. And which is very convenient, especially this time of age, especially now with the introduction of games being raised by $10. Games are brand new games. For example, on the PS5 and Xbox Series X are going to be $70. That is, you know, it's a lot of money. But it is amazing to solution of that is just to buy digital. And then relatives or friends could home each other and then they, they share that game together. So you're getting two copies for the price of one instead of buying two physical copies 70 plus 70 which is 100 and what 40 i think it's a lot of money <laughs> so which is a really good option now of course there are some cons to digital and which i'm going to get into that right now so the first con to digital that you should really keep in mind is that when you purchase a digital copy of a game you're actually renting the use of a license to play the game so when you purchase a game digitally you're pretty much buying the permission to access to play that game and also when you purchase a digital game you're solely playing i mean besides the point i just mentioned where you get to home the xbox and share it with relative or whoever's on that xbox per se but you don't own that game which is something i'll get to in a few moments later um, during this podcast but when you buy a physical copy of the game it's only assigned to that gamer tag and solely that gamer tag or online profile that you're using to purchase that game only has access to that game this reminds me of an example um i remember years ago microsoft has updated the terms of services i mean this is sort of an extreme example but for example if a person has been banned on xbox not once but twice but they sort of have like a three strike system so when you get banned three times you it could lead you with a permanent ban of your console and then when your console is permanently banned microsoft has the right and this is in their term of services they have the right to revoke all your access to your entire digital library of games 
on that console to where touch up on that and i'm gonna use this to also segue into my next con because i think these two are sort of connected and another reason why is that games can also get delisted from online stores and this has been happening for a long time for this point i'm actually going to list a couple of examples for you in 2013 on december 17th the playstation 3 version of marvel vs. capcom 2 and 3 were removed from digital stores and then later on december 26th for the xbox 360 marvel vs. capcom 2 and 3 were removed from digital storefronts and then also 2014 Scott Pilgrim got pulled from digital storefronts due to licensing issues. On May 12, 2017, Alan Wake got pulled from digital storefronts because of licensing with music in the game. Even though the good thing, which I'm really glad about, it returned in 2018. They renewed the music license for that game, so it came back, which is which is outstanding because it happened a lot. And then you also have a little more recent example of January 1st, 2019, Lego Lord of the Rings and the Lego the Hobbit has been pulled from all digital storefronts. So you can no longer get it from Steam, can't get it from the Xbox 360 and PS3. But you can get physical copies of those games and then you'll forever be the owner of that game. I will touch more on that a little bit later in this podcast episode. And these are a few examples. So this is a sort of a big con I would say with digital. You know, a lot of people they, they believe or people say rather that in gaming, oh, digital is going to be the future. And I can definitely understand when you have options like Xbox Game Pass, for example, people calling it the, the next Netflix of gaming. And then also PlayStation Now, which, you know, it's good. You know, it's appealing. <laughs> and it's with these, just etc. These these can't these companies i can understand that digital digital is appealing to an extent but for me and many others i believe concur that's why you have companies like limited run games and then also special reserve games etc there's other companies out there that make limited releases of physical copies this is a big con this is a really big con for digital titles you know for, for digital gaming if you are a gamer that solely gets digital gaming this is something that you have to keep in mind i remember also back on the xbox 360 i played this game called afro samurai it's based on the anime. Samuel Jackson was voiced in there. Matter of fact, I do believe that he wrote the show, uh, which is an amazing anime. I love the storyline on it. But they, they made a sequel. They have made a sequel for the Xbox One and PS4 uh, years ago. I do believe 2014 or maybe 2015, if I'm not mistaken. But due to poor sales of the game, they decided to pull the game off of digital shelves just because it sold poorly. And I do understand that. But they, if they were had to release a physical copy of the game, that game, I'm sure, would have been very rare and expensive today solely because of that reason but again i'll touch more on physical games later in this podcast moving on to the third con is that when you are a digital gamer solely digital you are locked out of the secondhand market so when you purchase a game can't resell it if you don't like it well i mean well let me let me backtrack a little bit on steam if you do purchase a game and you play it, I do believe you have two hours to play it. And if you don't like it, then you could request a refund from Steam saying, hey, I don't like this game, and they'll give you your money back. I've actually have done that before, once or twice. Very neat feature. I know, I remember reading something that Microsoft and Sony are planning to implement something for their services. I'm not sure when or, or if that will ever come, but I know it was something in the works, which is really cool. But let's say if you get a game you like it you love it and you beat it you are locked out of the option where you could sell it or let's say if you're in a tough situation for example you need to get a little extra cash and you want to sell a game that you don't play anymore and it's expensive uh, physically that you could get some good money on you are locked out of that option 
You can't do that. Especially with next generation, the game's going to be $70. And let's say if you beat, you know, you get Spider-Man Miles Morales and you beat it and then you, you try to resell it for a cheaper value. Let's say, I don't know. Well, the game is going to be $50, I do believe, on launch. But sell it used. You could probably sell it for $40 if you want or $35. Me, I'm not a business person, at least not yet. <laughs> uh, but by digital... Once you beat the game, you're stuck with it. So to me, that, that's a, a little, that's a really big con. And again, I have more to say on this particular situation as the podcast progresses. Now, the fourth con for digital games is that retro game stores and conventions will not exist. I know when I speak to a lot of people today, they are all for GameStop going out of business. So I would not only just use GameStop, for example, but also these mom and pop stores, these cl- classic, uh, these retro game stores, just to name a few, you know, Game Exchange, uh, you have a game, uh, there's a game store I know, Retro Game Plus, uh, there was another store that I knew back in the day called the KNS Game World, etc. They're all over the place. Without physical media, it's going back to early 2000s, you wouldn't have these places. And a place where you could go and not only you just witness history you, you go to a retro game store you see for example it's atari 2600 consoles super nintendo set all the way to now a place where gamers could come and purchase history but also a place where gamers could come together and share their hobbies together regardless of what political opinion they have no matter what views they have you know i see gaming has always brought people together and with these used video game stores and also gaming conventions which yearly, I mean, got, you know, due to COVID-19 happening around the world. There's this gaming convention that happens once a year um, in, in Connecticut, I think Stratford, Connecticut. It's called World Retro Gaming Expo, which is amazing, uh, which is fun. And I remember the, my first time going there and seeing all these these sellers, all these people, but also these booths where people are selling mid-condition PlayStation 1 games, the 1064, like, game cartridges in the box and seeing these rare consoles for example i remember seeing like a gold you know nintendo 64 uh, pikachu edition uh, oh man that's so hard to find uh, it was amazing seeing that there but also like a gold uh, nes and these, these classic consoles there going to that place and seeing that again if games were in the you know moving forward in the future only moved into digital all that would be absent you know no more would we have conventions of that big of a scale to go and, and actually celebrate you know gamers come together in one place and just celebrate and celebrate artists celebrate game developers you know that made these games again going back to that point of secondhand market so without physical media and if games were to only become digital these things retro game stores and conventions will not exist now moving on to the final and last con of digital games is that you would always need a lot of memory space (laughs) Uh, especially one thing uh, coming out for the xbox series x uh, and as Microsoft has announced their pricing for their new Seagate expansion card, I'm just gonna call it a next gen memory card, SSD, and also you get the same matching performance of the Xbox Velocity architecture and the same performance of SSD inside the system, they're charging $220 for that memory card. You only get one terabyte for that card, which is insane. And then also, I mean, with this current gen for my Xbox One X, I purchased an eight terabyte hard drive. So downloading these games really not is a big issue. And you, you are able to use the hard drive, like I mentioned in the previous episode of Chue Gaming, you're able to use an existing HDD on the Xbox Series X or S, just but you can only play Xbox One, Xbox 60 and original xbox games on that you can't play xbox series s and x games on it are optimized for the ssd and the xbox velocity architecture but if you're a digital only gamer same thing with the playstation 5 uh you would need a lot of memory if you're a whole entire especially games like call of duty uh, modern warfare we saw in this previous gen that game now is has surpassed 
200 gigs, 200 gigs of memory to just to play. Um, Halo Master Chief Collection, which is not so bad in my opinion. I think 130 gigs. And, and Microsoft did announce for the Xbox Series S. When you download games, it's, it's going to take less memory than if you were to download them on the Xbox Series X. Because the Xbox Series X, you go play them at full native 4K. Which is cool. Which is which is a, a big benefit and plus. But if your whole entire library is strictly digital. I mean, if you were to get physical too, you still have to download a game. Which is true. But even just going back to the 360 and PS3. You, you still need a lot of memory. So that's something to consider. Now, moving over to the pros and cons for a physical edition of games. The first pro that I want to announce, like I mentioned before earlier in this podcast episode, if a game got delisted digitally, you will forever be the physical owner of that copy of the game. And just to list a few examples, like I mentioned earlier, Alan Wake. Alan Wake, when it was in 2017, when it got pulled from digital storefronts, the only way you could have gotten it was getting the Xbox 360, since it was an Xbox 360 exclusive. And also had a, a, a neat uh, collection edition where it actually came with a book which is a which is a nice plus but when it got pulled from steam and other digital storefronts the way to access that game was to get it physically but you know 2018 you know came back but also left for dead 2 i do believe as a recording of this podcast left for dead 2 on the xbox 360 you could get it on steam steam valve owns steam and they own the ip of left for dead 2 so you you could still get that on the computer but it's also backwards compatible on the xbox one and the 360 the thing is for whatever reason you can't get that game digital on the Xbox 360 and Xbox One Marketplace. So the only way you could play the game is through having a physical media. You don't make copies of that game no more, so it's becoming a bit rare. Not too expensive. You could Left 4 Dead 2 up for like, you know, 20 bucks, $16. I think I got a copy for like 14 It's not that hard to find. But that's the only way you could play the game, essentially, on backwards compatible. And a, a big example is Punch-Out. Punch-Out t- 2009 on Nintendo Wii. That was used to be on Nintendo eShop. I forgot what year, but it did eventually get pulled and also just the Nintendo Wii eShop is not up anymore the only way you could play that game now is if you were to buy a physical copy of the game which I do believe man I have to look that up but I do believe it's like the last time I checked which was probably last year is like 30 something dollars and also it's a Nintendo IP so it's going to be expensive especially that you, the only way you can get that now is physical so but I own a physical copy now I could own that game forever you know <laughs> and I never had to worry about it being delisted or something I have a physical media and you know I could play it in my heart to content and not worry about it being pulled from store shelves another example which is not really a full game it's really a playable teaser that's right PT that a playable teaser that released on a PS4 you know they cancel the project of Silent Hill Silent Hills they delist that demo the only way you can access that demo is that if you have downloaded it before and you have not deleted the game if you have not deleted the, de- the the teaser i should say but if you delete that teaser you cannot re-download it i remember actually that time of that announcement when they actually removed pt from digital stores i mean, you looked on ebay people were selling playstation 4s with pt in it and it doubled the value of the playstation 4 now i haven't looked on i should have done that actually before this recording i should have looked at that i'm not sure people are still doing that today but in other words if you have a ps4 with pt in it Believe it or not, it does add value to your PS4 just because there's you can never download that game again. It's never being brought back. It's essentially rare, which is pretty cool. Now, it's not a physical game, but proving that it shows that there's significant value of owning a physical copy of a game rather than if a game just come out digital and then it gets delisted, you can never own it again unless you've downloaded it before, like I just mentioned. All right. 
Moving on to the second pro of owning a physical copy of games is that you can share games with your friends and family. Now, I know early in this podcast episode, I've expressed that you could, by homing onto another friend's or relative console, the two people could share a digital library of games. But with, again, it could only be shared between, if I have a system, an Xbox One, and my families, each of my family members have a gamer tag on my system, no matter who signs with their profile, as long as I'm home to that console, each and individual person could access my content as well but if i home onto a friend or distant friend or relative family console whoever's on their console can access the benefits of my profile but if i own a game physically the thing is that if i am home to a friend or a distant relative's xbox let's say if i'm home to a relative of mine uh, right i could still play games on my console but once the internet for whatever reason the xbox live service is down or if let's say my internet there's an internet outages which happened a few times I think this year already where internet randomly just goes out I cannot access my digital games nor I can access my DLC content on my console because my account has been homed on distant relatives Xbox so that is a big negative but with physical games I could share with my friends and family that are close or let's say if I'm I think this will lead to another point if if I have a physical media I could doesn't matter how many Xboxes I have in one house I could share it with my whole family friends or i can lend it to a friend you know that's in florida hopefully they will bring it back <laughs> oh yeah i ship it out to them gamefly or something but yeah you could share a physical media with your friends and family and it's not reserved solely on that game person's gamer tag which will lead me also to my next point which i think it's a good segue to the next point rather that the pros of owning a physical copy of a game has resale value and or you could trade it in which is a big plus like I mentioned before in the podcast, when you have a digital copy of a game, once you play it and you, you know you can't trade it in, you can't sell it, you can't do anything with it. But when you own a physical copy of a game, you beat it, especially with this next coming generation of games being more expensive, you can sell it. You can sell it to a friend. You can sell it to another relative. You could give it to a relative. You know, hey, sis, done playing this game. Do you want it? Here, you know, it's yours. And you can also sell it on eBay, sell it on Macari or something and get some money back. So that way you're not stuck with it. Or if you're a collector like me, you could just put it on the store shelves and when you feel like playing it again, you could just play it. But in other words, you're not locked out of the secondhand market. Especially, and this will say, segue into my next pro, which is the my fifth pro, I would say, is that let's say if you're in a financial situation, you know, I could I could sell or you could sell your retro video games and make a good profit from it you know especially there was one individual that i spoken to when back in march uh when the pandemic hit this pandemic this this person due to the pandemic unfortunately he got let go from his job he got let go so one thing that he decided to do he decided to sell as much of his game collection as he could on Macari to make some money. You know, he had a lot of, uh, he had some good collectibles. He had some, you know, he decided to sell also a couple of his consoles, you know, to rack up some money and to get him by through these troubling times, you know? Now, that that's an extreme example, even though, I, I mean, we're seeing that a lot today, unfortunately. But always in the future, when, say you're a big collector, you collect these collector's edition of games. Uh, you collect these special rare box arts or even like limited run games, how they do these limited releases of games. And you buy a collector's edition. If you were to look at, for example, uh, Jack 2. 
for example, Jack 2 uh, came out for the PlayStation 2, but Sony, when the PS4, when they first did their PlayStation 2 uh, emulations on PS4, Limited Run Games made a deal with the company, and they released remastered. It's, it's pretty much PlayStation 2 ports on a Blu-ray disc, but in high definition of Jack 2 and Jack 3, and even Jack 1. Uh, but and also, Limited Run Games, they released a, a collector's edition that would bring a big art book, some extra goodies for the game. If you were to go on eBay right now, those are sell for like 250 bucks or even 300 which is amazing especially you got that sealed used you could still sell it for over 150 i've seen that definitely because when limited run games when they were selling it, they were selling it for i think about 100 dollars maybe but on ebay if you were to look at that it's probably skyrocketed you know just because it's rare and especially if you're a collector and you have stuff like that and also another honorable mention i would say steel battalion back on the original xbox they released a special very limited mech controller. Italian, uh, you're a soldier. You you could you pilot a mech and you battle on a mech. This this controller comes in three parts and you see the switches and buttons and stuff to simulate that you're in actually in the mech, which is really cool. If you were to look on eBay right now, we're talking about used. That is three hundred and fifty dollars. And there's countless of examples out there. But when you're a collector, let's say you need the extra money, or let's say you decided, you know what, I'm done playing games for whatever reason. You could sell off your collection and you can make a very Good profit off now granted i do there's other things you can invest in obviously there's so many other things you could invest in besides video games but i would say if you're a retro gamer and you own stuff for the playstation 2 and gamecube original xbox even especially further back there is some good gems on those consoles that if you were to sell again on the market you make some good money i see it all the time and especially if you were to go to pricecharter.com and you were to look up the prices for these games you'll be very surprised now moving on to another pro and physical game media which i sort of already explained uh briefly uh, collector's editions and other goodies that you can only get by getting physical media now there are a few exceptions i remember back in 2015 i do believe halo 5 Guardians. The there was a limited edition and then there was a collector's edition. The collector's edition brought uh, Halo Chief and Agent Locke statues and also a cool background and stuff and everything that came with the limited edition. The thing with that is that that collector's edition, which I do believe was two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars, only came with a digital copy of the game. And I know fans were really upset. They were like, "Oh, what? Oh, this is outrageous!" Um, but then. The company, after hearing the backlash, it did offer, hey, if you give them your digital game code, they will send you a physical copy of the game, which was really nice of them. And then also, I do believe recently, Ubisoft has announced that on the Xbox One, their collector's editions like Watch Dogs Legion, for example, and a couple of other ones that they're, they're planning to release, their collector's edition of those games, even if you buy them physically uh, at a store, they will only come with a digital copy of the game, which is, to me, very pointless. I mean... I, I mean, I guess like, if you want that LED light-up skull statue in Watch Dogs Legion, you know, I guess if you really want that, when you could just buy a skull mask, I guess, in Party City or something, and just buy LED light strips and put them inside a skull, I guess. But anyway, it's if buying, getting the game digitally, to me, you know, physical, with those exceptions, I mean, with those exceptions, usually with physical game media, you know, like The Witcher 2 on Nintendo Switch, you were to buy the game, not only you get like these cool stickers of The Witcher, but also you get a nice, it comes with a nice map of the world. If you were to get like GTA 5, for example, it comes with a map of Los Santos. I think literally every Grand Theft Auto always came with a map of the world. The world of the game, I mean. Like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Even going back, I, 
to Liberty City, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City stories. And I'm not sure about Grand Theft Auto 3, but I know Vice City also came with a map as well. And then just even then, just all the like the other day, I got in Streets of Rage 4. It first came out digitally only, but now they came out with a limited physical release. I got a cool keychain and also an art book of the game. The art of that game is gorgeous, is, is gorgeous. You know, but back then, when you got a, a physical copy of a game and a collector edition of that game physically, it, it, that, if it wasn't for physical, you wouldn't get these cool collector's edition and extra goodies that come with games if games were only digital in that sense which is really cool last and final pro of physical media is that buying physical media it could really make your room look cool now i'm not trying to flex or anything like that but you know i always had uh family members of mine and, and buddies that came in my room for example or uh, they were going out to the man cave and they would see my collection displayed on the wall these cool collectible statues that i have that came with collection edition like i back then like i mentioned like halo reach i brought the legendary edition of that it came with a cool Nova Team statue of the game. I have it displayed. And Batman uh, Arkham Origins. It came with a cool Joker statue and, and TVs in the back that displayed each villain of the game, which was really cool. Just to name a few examples. Even I think I don't have that. No, I don't have that Joker statue anymore. But if you were to go in my room, <laughs> the way I have on my shelves, I have these like limited collectors, uh, you know, still cases of games and the way you could display them on your shelf or just anybody's shelves. It could really add to the value of your room, you know? And I remember just have friends coming over like man they, they go into my room and they look around and they're like man if i lived in this room i would never be bored again in my life <laughs> you know and so I, I really think physical media could really make prince's room look very cool just how people they buy like i don't know flowers in a flower pot and display in a room to make the room look nice or certain picture frames you know i really think that physical game media especially collector's edition ones could really add style to the room now moving on to the cons of physical games media not sure if i said that right but anyway move on so the first con of owning physical copies of video games is that not everybody has room to display or, or store their games in i remember actually uh webhead like i mentioned before and a few other friends of mine i remember they discussed that they were mostly thinking about getting digital having a digital library of games just because they don't have a lot of room to display it um, on their shelves or etc and they don't like to have that clutter um in their in their room so they prefer to get digital to free up some space in their room which is completely understandable and then a second con for physical game media is that sometimes you can't find a copy of a game because the store that you go to like uh, Walmart, GameStop, Target, whatever you shop at, they're out of stock of the game. And this reminded me back years ago. I remember this game Payday 2. I remember when I first came out because I do believe back then it released on PC. It was always released on PC first. But Payday 2 first it released for the first time on Xbox 360 and PS3. It was mostly being sold digitally. But they had very, very limited physical copies in stores. And I remember, I, I, I do believe I pre-ordered one copy. But I didn't know, but my dad also wanted that game. And I remember when I brought that game home, I played it, my dad was like, man, like... Yo, know, we assemble a team. It was me, and my dad, and a couple of uh, my, I think my older brother and my friend, uh, Webhead. And look at that Webhead inviting. You know, speaking about you a lot in the show. You know, I love you, brother. <laughs> um, but I remember one assemble a team, and I remember for seriously like about two weeks two weeks i would keep on calling GameStop. i kept on calling all these stores i called walmart I called GameStop. but hey do you have this game payday too They're like no i'm sorry we just sold our last copy or we don't know when we're getting back i remember every day just an annoyed employee would just pick up hello oh yeah do you have payday too no all right no problem and then i just hang up you know <laughs> and i remember that's just one example of many but 
if you are solely a person that is into collecting physical media, that's something that you would always have to be mindful of. Especially, I remember, I think, I do believe two years ago now, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate had, I remember retailers were saying, hey, if you want a physical copy of this game, you have to come and pre-order because Nintendo, they're releasing very limited qualities of the game. And then also, uh, Super Mario All-Stars, 3D All-Stars originally just came out. I mean, Nintendo announced that they're going to pull physical and digital copies of that game off the shelves in March 2021, you know? But in other words, if you're solely a physical collector, that's something that is always something to keep in mind and that you would probably benefit from just owning the game digitally, you know? And it won't hinder you or stop you from playing with your friends. Now, the third con of physical games is that phys- physical games can get damaged to a point where it's no longer usable. And that's something that I countered. That's something that, when, again, like I briefly mentioned, I remember uh, when I worked at a store and uh, customers came in, hey, can you, you know, I- I've got this game. Uh, it was like a PlayStation 2 game, I think, or 360, one of those two. They said, oh, this game doesn't work. You know, I tried it. Uh, I was wondering if you could, you have a disc resurfacing machine can you put it in there and clean it and i remember the my co-workers and also this one particular uh person is when you know said all right sure let me, let me test it out for you we, first we tested on the system that we had to make sure it just wasn't their console reading disc so we, we tested it out and it will show in the main menu and then once you press start that's it the game will just say oh this game is no longer readable whatever it'll give that rear oh this is weird and when we put it into the disc resurfacing machine if it's ready at that point and put it in the disc resurfacing machine you run the risk of damaging it even more you you run the risk of resurfacing to the point where you're resurfacing the data and that happened i do believe we weren't happened i saw two customers that happened to two customers came in they're like oh yeah we already resurfaced this disc on our own but you know our machine broke or something when you know we wanted to ask if you could try this on yours and then on their request we did it and that game no longer worked also what i mentioned previously in this episode there's game owners uh kids for example when they take out the game they just leave the disc on the floor on a rug and the fibers from the rug just scratch the disc greatly and especially we're talking about you know, 360 games and games before that that were DVDs. Blu-rays, they, they actually, they still get cut up. I mean, games that I, I, I never thought I could see Blu-ray discs so heavily damaged in my life. It was crazy. But anyway, DVD games, and we're going further back, cartridges, not so much. But, you know, DVD games like PS2, original Xbox games, they were to be on the floor, on the rug. They get scratched up. They could easily get damaged to the point of no return, you know? So that that is something. I mean, if you're responsible, if you're a collector and you take care of your stuff a physical copy of a game like playstation 2 etc like i mentioned ps4 games today a disc could last you for a lifetime as long as you take care of it but if you have kids (laughs) kids play your collection of games that's something that you would really have to look out for and could easily happen and i remember just even friends and family countless friends and family that actually was what happened to them they had a physical edition of a game kids played it and it just doesn't work no more and the last con for physical games is that you can lose physical games so especially in this particular example Nintendo switch if <laughs> for example i have a sister she's eight years old you know she has a Nintendo switch for example we always me especially me i'm, I'm a collector so i always make sure sure to tell her hey make sure when you're done playing the game make sure you put the game back okay so she goes, okay sometimes she forgets especially you know she has special needs you know she um is autistic a lot of times she forgets so i remember this one time she she loves this game kirby star allies and uh she was done playing that game and she was going to switch to pokemon uh pokemon tournament i think that's the name of the game and so she took out kirby star allies put in the pokemon tournament and started playing and she left the kirby star allies out and something happened it got knocked over and we spent 
I think like two hours, you know, the cartridge is so small. So it got lost somewhere in the living room. And I remember me, my dad, my, my, my other sister. In other words, the family was searching for two hours for this game. And we finally found it. It was stuck in a, I don't know how it got there, but it got stuck, I think, uh, underneath a rug or something. Uh, but anyway, just losing those games, you can lose those games. And the Nintendo Switch cartridge is so small, I highly recommend when you're done playing them, make sure you put them back in the case so that way you don't go looking for two hours, looking for a small half an inch size cartridge, whatever the size and dimensions of that is. Yeah, you know, so that that, that is one con of only physical games. But your collector, put them back in the shelf, nice to display. Obviously, that's not an issue. Now, to wrap up this episode, the point of this episode again is not to say all oh, like you know physical or digital is bad honestly and obviously it's up to you especially with the new consoles coming out having two editions with you know ps5 and xbox having a physical edition and digital edition it really depends on which side of the audience that you're on what is your preference what fits your needs obviously the removal of a disc drive it's console with the removal of a disc drive like ps5 having a digital only edition and then the xbox series x being 300 dollars and the ps5 400 dollars for the digital edition is obviously very very appealing you can still experience next gen games on your console but in digital format a lot of people that don't, they don't care about some of the pros i mentioned physical and they just want to play then that's very that's great that's awesome and i can understand the very appealing part you know and it is very appealing very tempting too and of course physical media not only you could i mean obviously you could buy physical copies of the games and some of the pros resell it but also with physical media you could also have the option of downloading the games digitally too on your standard consoles that have a disc tray as well and you can also use them as a 4k blu-ray player which is a nice bonus as well now me again Going through this, I, I was completely neutral. But me personally, I will always vote for physical systems. Me, I plan to get a physical console, PlayStation 5 and Series X. I, I plan to get physical edition of those. So because me, obviously, I have a big collection of games. I love my physical media. Uh, previously in this episode, I never had to worry about a game being dislisted. I, I'm a physical owner of that game. And I could decide whatever I want to do with it. You know, and again, if a game only came out digital, digitally on the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Store, I'm not locked out of the option. I could just download it onto my consoles, that you know, my standard edition of consoles. So in other words, I see more value owning a physical console because if, along the side, as time passes by, let's say I decided to only collect digital, which... I'm sure it will never happen. I still have the option of choosing. I'm not locked out of one. Like if you buy a PlayStation 5, the standard console, and if you decide, for example, to buy an Xbox Series S and a PlayStation 5 digital edition, if you get digital, those digital versions of the console, that's it. Your commitment is only digital. Where let's say if you play for a couple of years and let's say you decided to buy a physical copy of the game to play it and, and to experience those benefits of the secondhand market or lending it to a friend or family, whatever, you're locked out of that option to where if I were to purchase a physical the, the one that has a disc drive the Xbox Series X or the PS5 standard edition physical right I have I experienced the games physically and I want to buy the digital copies of games it's a, I could still shuffle back and forth I could still I'm not locked out of one or the other it becomes more of a choice and also just the console period it has more value that will conclude this podcast episode i thank you so much for listening if this podcast was very informative to you please share it share it with your friends and family by podcast two way gaming is available on most platforms it's available on itunes and other podcast sites that's, affi- that's affiliated with itunes like Castbox or pocket cast etc it's available on podbean and it also is available on amazon music slash audible so 
Yeah, it's all over the place. And if you have any topics or questions that you want answered or talked about here on the show, you can send your questions or topics at twgpquestions at gmail.com and make sure you put twgpquestions at the tab at the subject bar of the email. And hopefully your question or topic will be talked here on the show. Well, guys, I want to say thank you so much for your time again. Thank you so much for hearing me. I love you guys. God bless you. Stay awesome. Jesus loves you. And my name is One Way Soldier, and this is the end of my transmission. You.